Are you sick of hearing you don't have enough experience to get work? Visit iPath.com to get the first part of our auto damage certification for free. Hello and welcome to the Independent Adjuster Podcast by IAPath. My name is Chris Stanley, and we're here to help you figure out how to get work in this industry and ultimately how to claim your life. adjusters and appraisers like us who can't hide behind corporate logos, processes, and profits, who are spending our own money and reputation. How do we work in a way that lets us get work, assignments, deployments, and more income without wasting time or money in this world of insurance while we stand out in the crowd? That is the question, and this podcast will help guide you to the answers. My name is Chris Stanley, and this is the Independent Adjuster Podcast. Join myself and other independents on the path to non-corporate success in the insurance industry. We are IAs. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Independent Adjuster Podcast, or if you're watching on YouTube, the Auto IA Show. You're used to seeing this guy talking with all sorts of other people, but we don't really ever get to hear about Chris and his home life. I mean, maybe a little bit here and there, but we're going to go in depth a little bit more about his life, just kind of what he's doing, where we're at right now, why we're at where we're at, just some personal stuff like that. We're going to get personal, Chris. Personal. Like, I don't do personal. It's all business. Like, yeah. it's vehicles, it's resumes, it's right. vehicles, it's resumes. But you, I, I feel like you have some interesting stuff to talk about. There's, you know, I... I, for the first time last night, got to visit where you live and where you, you know, how you yeah. get around and travel. And it was really a cool experience. So I kind of want to talk about it a little bit. So we're going to let you behind the scenes a yeah. little bit. We're, we're not totally an open book <laughs> in our life, except for those we get to know intimately like Max. So I'm excited to have the script flipped a little bit on me today. Yeah. And I'm honored that you thought it was an interesting enough idea to sure. do it. Off the top of my head, what I want to know is, what made you want to do this? What I mean, when you, you say this, you've lacked or you you lack a bunch of creature comforts that we have. Since uh, for those who don't know, I guess we should say that you do live on a sailboat. You yes. travel around with your family, and it's not just him; it's a whole family in there. They're whole herd. They, they take a lot of creature comforts and strip them aside to live the life that they want to live. Basically, yeah. What started that? When when did that come into your mind, and how long did it take you to get to the actuality of it? Well, it was never by design. Sure. I never, and not, it's been, uh, yeah, well, but basically 10 years ago, um, my father-in-law, you know, trained me to do this job. You guys hear about that all the time. He had just bought in a sailboat and moved on it. Mm -hmm. And then shortly thereafter, once I started doing claims, he decided he wasn't just going to sit on it at a dock. He was going to travel and do what's called cruising down the East coast. And he's like, you should quit your job, quit doing appraising (laughs) and come do be a manager with me of a daily appraisal company. Right. And like remotely on a boat. And this was before that was easy to do. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what do, what do you mean? Like, how does that even work? How do you have internet and that, you know, all tell air cards. Anybody experienced those? We had like six of them. <laughs> we had stacks of computers in case one failed. Like, Oh my gosh. And so I spent a month with him doing that job and our uh, territory was bought out right, right when we got down to Florida. 
Stewart, oh, Florida, where it just got nice. warm. And we're like, we're here. We're finally here. And so that was my first taste. Right. But it was on a 26-foot boat, a catamaran, which means it's got two holes. Okay. So it's a little bit bigger uh, than just like a 26-foot skinny one. Um, but that had my firstborn, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, my wife, myself. And there was like five dogs on board. It was wow. crowded. Holy cow. But it was enough of a taste. And my newborn learned to walk on the boat right. that I said, this is really interesting. And my wife loved it. Cool. Well, mama likes, mama gets. Okay. And <laughs> so right. it helped me fall in love with it more. And then from there, as we were doing cat duty, mm-hmm. it just became like, why don't we get a boat and, and, and do that in the off season? Right. And so that's kind of the origin of moving on to a sailboat right and we've been doing it off and on for 10 years now and then so you eventually ended up getting your own sailboat yeah we uh actually looked on craigslist Mm -hmm. uh took our cat money from one year our leftovers like okay we got like i don't know seven grand and how far into your career are you at this point how many years four or five years yeah so uh, i we went off and on with the in-laws on some of their adventures um but we're like we need to do this ourselves so it's about four or five years later um, we went and uh, found one on Craigslist. My wife's like, this, this is really cool. We should go see it. Yeah. It's, it's in New York. We were in North Carolina. It's in New York. And so we drove all the way up to New York, wow. found a boat for $4,000 that the guy had ripped the engine out. Oh, man. Everything was in mess. And my father-in-law was like, yeah, we, we can fix this up, Chris. The project. Fix your upper project. Within a few days of buying it, fixing it up, it was put in the water, and we sailed past this... Statue of Liberty and went out in the ocean for four days to get down to Virginia. And it was like, that was like trial by fire, but it was amazing. It was like, I'm picturing that in my head. It just sounds like a, like a movie. Yeah. That's so cool. It felt like a movie. And then we ended up taking that boat all the way down to the Florida Keys for us. We went from New York all the way down to the Florida Keys with that boat. Okay. Wow. And so you've been doing it ever since. You've been living pretty much ever since. Yeah. Occasionally, you know, you go in your car, go on vacation and whatnot. That's a question in itself. What Mm -hmm. do you do with the boat when you're not able to be on it? Typically, we either have a what's called a mooring field or a mooring ball we get on where you tie ropes to this floating ball. And then you go to shore with uh, our water car. It's called a dinghy. It's an inflatable little boat that Max got to ride in last night. Right over there. (laughs) Yeah, it's right over there. And that's how we get to shore. So we'll tie that up to a a ball, pay the marina some money, and and go to shore. Sometimes we'll get it hauled out, put on land if we need to do work on it or whatever. And that's expensive. But when that has to happen, we do that. But for the most part, that's our home. We don't really leave it unless it's to go visit family. Or um, when we were doing cat duty, we would go for a few months and do that. And we'd leave it on a mooring baller to um you know get it hauled out so that that's kind of how we live though and, and you've got a car that's parked somewhere remote. in storage yeah it's in storage until we use. need it mainly the only reason we still have it is we just in case we ever want to go take a road trip right or when the the new baby was coming we needed a car to be able to get to the doctor's office so that's we had important. it nearby the boat <laughs> to take when she went into labor so yeah fantastic well um Creature comforts, the stuff that we're all used to having on a day-to-day basis that we take for granted and don't even think about. What are some of the things that you have to sacrifice living out on this boat? What are some things that people might not think about that you have to do that takes maybe a whole day? Well, first off, no refrigeration. We can have refrigeration. Let's be clear. We could. We've learned from a previous boat that we didn't need it. So we kind of go without it. The reason why is living on a boat 
power is super precious. Sure. And so, you know, you hear, you know, I'm not a real big green person, but you hear people like, you know, we use so much power and we're just so wasteful. When you get on a boat, you realize how you have to conserve everything. Sure. Water, energy, uh, laundry, yeah. everything. Because you can't just run a washing machine. You can't just have an ice maker or a water maker yeah. or whatever because we're getting our power mainly from solar. Sure. So we're like off-grid, like, you know, see preppers. We're like off-grid, but just on a boat. <laughs> so it's, uh, it, it, I think power is one of the biggest ones. Uh, refrigeration and then water everything's stripped down to its essentials for us like we have to literally go what is the one thing we're doing today that we we have to do like is it laundry is it is it getting water so do we have to take the boat somewhere to fill it up with water or go take jugs of water to go fill up wow. the boat or <laughs> or do we have to empty the toilet out because it's a storage tank that only can go for so long oh you have my to gosh. so like there's all these things that it's it's we love it because it strips life down to its essentials. Yeah. And it's really hard to get lost in the frills of, you know, people think yachts. We don't live on a yacht. We live on a sailboat. Yeah. And um and it's nice, but we it's not like this huge I was able to fit in there. Yeah, he, he did. <laughs> it was a shock. And but taking it back to his essentials for us is why we love it. Right. Because it, it's what it has allowed us the flexibility to do IAPath. Yep. We literally made no income for almost two years through IAPath. It only costs money. Um, but we were able to do that, work remotely, and like almost live for free out on the water. That's amazing. It's crazy. And you were like, you were telling me yesterday. You sent me a text message. Is there anything you want from the store? And I'm sitting here thinking, how do you how do you get to the store? And you told me you had to walk like a mile and a half. Yeah, a mile and a half each way, each way uphill both ways. You know, <laughs> I mean, the, in the hot heat of the day, <laughs> every time, yeah, in the you know 80, 90 degree heat, humid. Mm -hmm. Every time you need groceries, having to do that. Every time you backpacks, need Backpacks, me water. and all the kids, except for the infant, have backpacks. Mama's got a backpack. Oh, my gosh. There's the front pack with the baby in it, and everybody's loaded up like pack mules to go back and forth. Now, we could do Ubers, but you need exercise in life anyways. Right. So it's a good thing to make you do. But if it's further, we'll do an Uber if we need to. And talk a little bit about your kids. Like, I, I've got to meet them a few times. They're awesome. They're just so excited. Like, they're <laughs> on the boat. They're, they're showing me their little rooms and stuff, and they, like... It just is so natural. They love it out there. And tell me about like just kind of raising kids on there and just how they've adapted to it. Some things that maybe you guys do that other families don't yeah, do. Totally. Uh, it's a hard one. Like raising kids, no matter what kind of lifestyle you live, is hard sure. because you're trying to input your values into them. And so they obviously have this natural instinct for some reason. Yeah. I, I don't mean you weren't like this, yeah. but, but our, <laughs> my kids are, and most kids are, that they want to buck the trends or the, the values of their parents for some reason. It's like maybe God designed it that way because so they'll leave the house or something. <laughs> but it's like, so there's things that challenge you know, our ways, and then there's things that they embrace. So uh, one of the big ones is doing school. We homeschool. Right. Um, and and I was smart kids. I mean, he was, what, what's your oldest? Soul. Soul. He's he was, 11. Yeah, we were just chatting up a storm last night, and he had all these things that he was talking about, and like, you know, we're out there having a grown-up conversation, and he just butts his way right in and is having a full-on conversation with us. It was it was amazing. Yeah, and, and so homeschooling them is kind of second nature to me because I was homeschooled my whole life. Oh, okay. And so I was raised with this mindset of you can do school anywhere, so that kind of works well with the boat. Sure. Uh, you're not confined, but... Doing school is one hard thing, but how they've adapted and the things that they've done is they know more about marine life than I'll ever know. Yeah. Whether you take cartoons, but then you go throw them in the water and they see what they saw in the cartoon. Yeah. That's totally different. They're like, 
oh, dad, this is this, this is this, this is this. And I'm like, are you <laughs> kidding me? Like, how do you know this? And, you know, um, so I, I think that the, the with us paring down to those essentials, right. that they see what we, we truly value in life, even and not in just speak. Right. Like, it's like, guys, we have to go do laundry. And so today you're not doing school because we need to do laundry because yeah. it's that important. And they're that's like, a big thing. You need okay, clothes. okay, clothes. Okay, that that mom, dad, I think that's really important. We need to go walking because it's healthy for us. Yeah. Like, but like everything has to be super intentional, and there's not a lot of fluff in our life. Yeah, I mean, like, just it, there's not room for it. Sure. Well, I think it's just incredible that you've been able to pursue this dream that you didn't even know was your dream. Yeah, you were able yeah. to make it happen, and that's all because of this career that's allowed you to do that. Just, I mean. It's amazing. Full circle. Full, totally full circle. And I, you know, we talked about it when, when I interviewed you, which is, you know, Max chases tornadoes. I chase dolphins, right. you know, <laughs> but both of us are able to do these things because of the insurance industry, because yep. of being an independent adjuster. And I think that your, your dream is probably very different than mine. And that's cool. You're not going to be on a boat with me. That, that's okay. Not going to be chasing down tornadoes. Not going to be chasing down tornadoes. <laughs> Maybe your dream is just to be there for your kid's soccer game. Maybe your dream is to help your local church or a local charity or just to be a part of your kid's life more. Whatever your dream is, yeah. it's possible. And that's why we talk about all the time at IAPath that, hey, you walk your path and you claim your life. Because right. you can't walk my path. It's right. not going to be exactly the same. We can give you principles and steps and things to do. But ultimately, in adjusting and especially independent adjusting, right. it comes down to knowing where you want to go yep. and then figuring out how to get there. Knowing the type of life you want and then making decisions based on that. Because if you say, I just want to make as much money as possible, yeah. you don't know how to make decisions. Yeah. But if you say, I need to be available on Saturdays and I never want to leave my home state, you're not a cat adjuster. And yeah. that's okay. But you need to know that. Yep. And so I, I think this career is so great, just like you said. And so, man, I'm glad you came out. I'm Absolutely. glad we're glad to have this conversation. This is amazing. And my final note is you just have to be willing to put in the effort to do it. It's scary. There's no guarantees. But if you put in the effort, it's absolutely possible for anyone that's able to, you know, just take the time, do the necessary steps, which, you know, we talk about all the time. It, <laughs> steps the, the, in I the think, path. Yeah, the hardest part is just getting the motivation to do it and then going full throttle and knowing your end goal, knowing what you want. And then what mountain you're going to climb. Yeah, exactly. And go that way like a bat out of hell. <laughs> absolutely. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you watching. Chris, thank you so much for letting us in on your you know, secret life on the boat, secret life, yeah. sail in the sea, all around the world. <laughs> Pirating but... the seas, you know. So, Max, uh, you know, one last thing. Why don't you just take us home, man? Yeah. Take it all the way well, home. Absolutely. Again, thank you all for watching. Keep walking your path and claiming your life. Are you dreaming of a career in auto damage, but find yourself not meeting the experience requirements? You can try the first part of our seven part auto damage certification for free. This allows you to dive deep into auto damage training with no strings attached. And if you love it, you can continue on and purchase the full program. With this certification, you gain not just in-depth knowledge and skills, but also an all-access pass to our exclusive community, a full year of mentorship, and yes, get the two to five year experience requirement waived with over 40 firms. 
Your future in auto damage begins today. Visit iPath.com to start your free trial and discover where iPath can take you. iPath. Claim your life.